0: We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal. But today doesn't feel that way. We are divided in more ways than one, and the media and the powers that be all have their own agenda. The people of this great nation no longer care about the truth, they only care about the side they are on. At Poor360, I am trying to change that. By bringing you the facts and history so we can all learn something and make our own decisions. Tune in every Tuesday to be a part of that journey. What on earth is that? It's the Journey into Comics Network Production! Tell me something, my friend. You ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? What? I always ask that of all my prey. I just like the sound of it. Brought to you by the power of the Journey into Comics Network. This is the Journey into Comics Podcast a show that's 100 dedicated to everything nerd, with your hosts, the Podfather Nate Phillips, the Podmaster Brandon Stone, and the Journey into Comics Network stepdad Tyler McLaughlin.
1: Time to make the chimmy chunks. Hey,
0: excellent! Finally. What did you do? Well,
1: and here we go.
0: Can somebody tell me what kind of a world we live in where a man dressed up as a bat gets all of my press. This town needs an enema.
1: What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of Journey into Comics journey into comics 302 i am your host nate today joining me once again welcome back the co-host with the comos the pod master himself the man the myth the legend welcome once again brando how's
0: it going my friend it goes pretty challenging today we're having some technical internet issues i lost internet completely and you occasionally sound like a robot cat. So everybody just hang in there with us. We're, we're doing our best to bring this show to you this week. We got some cool stuff to talk about. Some cool news came out in the last week that we're pretty excited about, to be honest with you. Uh, in fact, uh, the lead story that we're going to go with today, man, I I geeked out so hard about it. Uh, but Nate, uh, we got something that we're starting. We have announced it uh, on the on a couple episodes. We, we, we announced it on High Time. We announced it. On three hundred, if you haven't heard it, we're gonna do. We're going to talking about it right at the start of the show. If you haven't heard of this before, we are starting a new show on the Journey to Comics Network called Rank 'Em All, and Rank 'Em All is going to be four panelists. It's going to be interchangeable. It could be it Could be us two and two others. It could be any. It, you and me may not even be a part of a, a series. Sure, yeah. but we're gonna pick a band or an artist, uh, and we're gonna go through their entire discography and we're going to rank what we think of the songs and albums seems simple enough but it, you know to challenge your you know might be a band that you're really into and they're like I, I, everything's a nine you know but it might be a if you put your little you know thinking cap on maybe you don't think like well maybe that song wasn't as great I like it but, but critically maybe it's like eh, you know it's kind of a seven I like it but it's still a seven so we're starting that up we're going to be doing the very first series we're starting it off with the namesake uh, kind of with Metallica. And it's going to be Nate and myself along with Dick Tyner from Podcastastrophe and Nick Maxson from Brews with Dudes and Dungeons with Dudes. And you basically when we get done with the entire series, when we when we have ranked them all, we're going to start releasing the episodes and we're going to let you know right now the video version will be available on the Journey to Comics net, our YouTube channel and the audio version for the Metallica series at least, will be exclusive to the Podcastrophy feed. Go search Podcastrophy on your favorite podcast platform. We are trying to do this to network within the network on our network.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. But my guess is that rank Home All will probably at some point end up on the main feed, but uh, like, I mean the Metallica series uh, down the road because usually we run into a problem where we're like, oh, we want to release stuff. What have we released a long time ago that we can find that hasn't been released on the main feed? There's, It's really weird. you know. I, I didn't do this, but I did a version of this where if you go onto the .com and you go through the archives, you can click on Journey into Wrestling, and instead of it only being the episodes that were released on our feed, it's all the episodes because there's stuff on YouTube, so you can link yourself directly over. So that's one way you're going to be able to quickly access mm-hmm. it through the network. Uh but yeah, I'm really excited for this uh new endeavor. It's gonna be very, very, very um rewarding, I think is really the way to look at it because uh we all are music fans, we like different bands and different styles and whatnot. And uh this is us really being able to flex our muscle in a different way that we haven't before talking about music and dissecting things that are old. I mean, listen, Kill Em All is like 30-something years old, I do believe, right? Like 34 or 35 years old. My math is pretty terrible it, right it, now. It
0: came out in 83, July of 83.
1: Oh, so it's 37.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're almost 40 years old for Kill Em All.
1: That's crazy. That is crazy.
0: That was the coolest thing ever because you kind of like froze when you went to take a drink. So like it just went like this and then it went like, Blurred and then you're putting it back down, so it's almost like the flash (laughs) took a really fast drink. But yeah, dude, that's awesome. We're super excited for Rankin Mall because obviously, uh, you know, we'll do other bands and other stuff as well. And as I said, this is kind of a shared series amongst there's no official host, you know, uh, each series will have a set of panelists. We're going to keep the same panelists, panelists for each series. So the Metallica series is going to be the four of us, as we said, Nate Brando, Dick, and Nick. And then from there on, you know, if somebody doesn't really want to do a band like "Ah, I don't really like them that much, you know, it wouldn't be fair, you know, because because that's the thing to rank uh, to rank an artist or a band that you personally don't like. It isn't fair to the rank because like you might find stuff you like in
1: thinking it. Yeah, you're going to think it based on you being the odd person out, not being a fan of the music naturally.
0: Yeah. You might find stuff you like, but you're also might be more inclined to be like, yeah, no, this is all just kind of middle of the road for me because it doesn't speak to me. So therefore, you know, if there are bands that Dick wants to do personally that me and me might not, I've, you know, I've talked to him. I said, go do it, man. Just Get a panel. Go do it. You know, just keep the same kind of format that we're going to keep for the rankings. And, and you know, you can have we can have different series. You know, we can, as I said, you know, this is kind of a new endeavor. It's different because it's not a series. Or a podcast that's dedicated just to one singular topic and released by season, or by uh, or by weekly. Or it's just, as soon as we get the Metallica series done, it's going to get released to you once a week until it's all done, and then after that, we may have another one ready. We may not. You know, whenever it gets done, you guys will get the next one.
1: It'll just be in burst. but that's the kind of really the special thing about it because then it's going to let the listener and the audience go, hey, they're doing ghost next or they're doing system of a down or whatever next i'm gonna go listen all that before they start talking about it so then i can listen with my own opinion Mm -hmm. knowing the songs and having remembered what exactly is going on and stuff and it's really um again this to me feels like a really rewarding series um just because we are all big very huge fans of music uh dating back to I mean I, I remember we did a podcast one of the metal casts was like we'd be power slaves or something yeah where yeah. we like talked about maiden and metal and all kinds of awesome shit and it was just like that's like kind of the precipice of what this ultimately is going to be just more focused on each individual band and really going through man hitting all the b sides the stuff that you know the radio might not play and mm-hmm. just looking at the Metallica I'm excited to see how some people rate songs like Escape or Trapped Under Ice or you know um Damage Incorporated, which, even though it's a great song, not everybody knows that song. So, or Leper Messiah for that instance.
0: Um, yeah, and and please make it known is that we won't be doing every live album, but like we w- w- what we're doing is that we're going to be taking like a consensus between us, you know, for like for example, we already have our layout for what we're going to do with Metallica. We are we are including Garage Inc. and SM with an asterisk because you know, if Turn the Page gets a 10 from all of us, it's like, wow, that's the highest rated Metallica song. Well, it's a cover. So it's not technically the highest rated Metallica song. But it's there's not there's also highest rated cover. Yeah, but there's also songs on S and M that are only available on S and M. And there's also versions Correct. of songs that are on S M that I think are better than their original album the version. Original version and you know and also likewise maybe a little worse maybe it doesn't really work in the uh, in the, the snm format but so that's why it's kind of interesting to look at that one and why we're not going to be doing live shit or cunning stunts or anything like that it's because it's just a concert it's, it's like a live you know you know though okay let's review the kill ride medley we just reviewed like we just ranked kill them all and ride oh, the nah. lightning <laughs> so why would we do that but then also uh there's also songs that are never on any albums so we're going to bundle in those for where they kind of fall in line. So like I Disappear and uh, the um, Remember Tomorrow cover for Iron Maiden and uh, the, the, the Ronnie Rising medley. you know, uh, 53 and 3rd, right? Well, the... uh, well, they, they actually did a whole uh, EP of, of, of like Ramon's songs. Um, oh, I actually am totally unaware of that. So they did 53rd and 3rd, but they did like yeah. five or six. Like they did, um, Fuck yeah. Commando. They did, and then the, the the other one that I remember off the top of my head is uh, now I want to sniff some glue. Um, and it was done during the same anger sessions before, you know. And so it's just it's them in the playroom and they hit record and they just played these songs and they was there's no great production to it. There's just them and they're jamming to Ramon songs, you know, because they wanted to play some Ramon songs and be a part of that whole tribute thing. And here's a couple of them, and then they picked um, I. I I think 53rd and Third was the one that got on the tribute, but I think it's called Metallica plays the Ramones EP, but it's not widely available. So we may do that, but you know, again, I haven't decided on that. And if we do it, it's probably going to be bundled in uh, with Saint Anger probably Saint Anger or something. Anger or something. <laughs> As of right now, I haven't. Uh, I thought of that, but like I was thinking more like the solo individual, like 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 we did it again. <laughs> oh
1: that would be funny just to just to make those guys hear that song yeah completely not expecting but it's also like and you know what's another weird thing is you got to look at um tuesday's gone mm-hmm. it's on garage inc
0: mm-hmm.
1: not technically all metallica
0: no no it, an
1: all-star lineup thing it's a that jam has what yeah. uh, james and Lars are the only two members that are actually doing it
0: is that the only two that are there? Because I thought
1: I, I, I thought I, Newstead was there. Maybe, maybe uh, you might have me on that. We'll have to look it up when we get to that in the timeline.
0: But but I, but I know I had like some other members. I had uh, uh, Les Claypool was doing stuff on there. John Popper was the playing dude from Blues Traveler. Blues Traveler. Yeah. He did the freaking uh, harmonica solo, which was amazing. Uh, yes. You have uh, Gary. Don't remember his last name from Leonard Skinnerd. I think he was like the the surviving guitar player, uh, so it was like a lot. Oh, and uh, Pepper Keenan from Corrosion of Conformity, uh, you know he's one yep. of he's he's one of James Hetfield's best friends. So, yeah, you look out for that in the future. We're going to be starting recording of that in just about a week or so, like two weeks. So that's really cool news. Next time that we record, Nate, I will be in your house.
1: Not a wrestling pay-per-view. You're actually just going to be in my house. (laughs) I will be in your house.
0: We're going to be sitting doing... uh, What's going to be awesome is that, okay, so we're not going to try... I want to try and actually do that podcast, but keep this exact same format where it doesn't really I, I think it would be funny to get a green screen and put my picture of a background and make it look like I'm still behind picture it. Of your, I was thinking about that dude I was going to say to do that that's so funny oh that would be
1: hilarious you take a picture meticulously like where's my camera when I'm sitting at this exact angle
0: click yeah. you know I don't know you how you know well it would work out yourself in there. <laughs> I don't know how um, well it would work out because of how we're going to do it but we are going to try and, and mess around I'm going to teach you kind of how to do this style of podcasting uh, that that I've been doing for a little bit, and that we've brought in with for uh, for OGs, and now we're doing it for JIC. And um, man, is there anything else to really? Talk? So I'll be up there recording with you, and we're going to be talking about we're going to read and talk about the Negan Lives comic, which it will come out on the first. And so we'll get get our hot take on that book as well, and we'll be doing an episode of the OGs. Oh, the OGs. <coughs> So, we haven't really said this. You might, might as well get out of the way right here in the beginning of the show before we move on to other news. The OGs was the show that me and Nate started doing about a year ago uh, that brought me back into the network. And we we I, I did that specifically. I came up with a new idea specifically because I did not want to reinsert myself anywhere. I, did, I had no intention of that. I didn't want to do that. I, that's why we created a new thing. Let's do our own thing. Let's do this over here. Let's try some new, some new ideas. And because you and Tyler already had a, re, a really good thing going and I'm not about to disrupt that. I did not come back to this show until I was asked.
1: You, you were asked though, which is, I was,
0: I was, I was asked. And then, and then here we are. Uh, but because of that, uh, Oh is not ending, but w- uh, we, be, before I came back to JIC, um, my, my intention with OGs was just keep rolling forward every other week. Let's just keep rolling forward until we need a big break, or we're, we're, you know, like because that happens in life. But because of game addicts, because of JIC, because of World World Gaming Trade Show that I do with my buddy Jeremy Evans over on In Boss Program. Now rank them all, being a new endeavor, and ranking them all is going to be you know a new endeavor, uh, but also like just intermix. Uh, Nate and I have decided that OGs will officially become seasonal status, and so whether or not it be eight episodes or ten episodes a season, it, it it will eventually kind of stop and go away for a little bit, and then and then come back. And so that that and that's done to not over encumber either one of us. You know, he does other shows, I do other shows. We have a lot of fun podcasting for you guys, and OGs is something that I feel is really fun and different compared to everything else that we do. And hundred percent. And so we want to keep it. Strong. We don't want to let anything that we do end up becoming half-assed or phoning in. You know, like it or not, there are both. There's episodes of the past show of of this show in the past where either one of us has phoned it in because we were tired, because we had a lot going on, and we needed to do a show. And I don't like doing that. I I don't want to do that, and I want to keep our energy in inspiration flowing for everything that we do. And I don't want anything to suffer. If that means something's got to go away for a little bit, something's got to go away for a little bit. You know, that's the way it is. That's and the I way think it is. That's
1: what's great about the network. Yes. We can interchange pieces as necessary and if you mm-hmm. need to take breaks or step away. I mean, it wasn't like Nick particularly wanted to step away from his shows, but due to coronavirus and the way things are, he had to, and it kind of also worked to his advantage because it gave him that breath of fresh air to feel refreshed when he came back to it that I think <clears throat> I think all podcasters need it you know I feel very fortunate that I get to take little breaks here and there when I do and pick my sp- Thoughts, you know Mm -hmm. i don't like the idea of taking like i'm gonna take four or six weeks straight off i think i would go fucking crazy (laughs) in that time like what i'm not supposed to talk about my thoughts like what am i supposed to do i was like just like scream into the fucking shower and hope nobody hears me or what but um no i love that ogs is gonna be something that we can shift away from come back fresh with because then we can always have fresh content different ideas season two feels vastly different than season one it has a different format now being that we're a video podcast yeah. so that's the that those are always things we want to be doing is improving and making things better so uh, us stepping away for a short while it i don't think it's going to hurt it's actually going to be it's going to be good because then we're also going to be able to focus on the other shit we do as well also
0: absolutely absolutely but i definitely one of the like you know, lead the show off sometimes. You know, we come right in with some a lot of new, cool new nerd news. But sometimes we do need to kind of let you guys, our dedicated listeners, know what's going on in our world. Know, know what's going on with some other stuff that we're doing and stuff that we're bringing in. New stuff. Stuff that might be taking a break. And, we, and I definitely want to let you guys all know that. But, Nate, do you want to lead with the big news story or do you want to go in with some of the other stuff and end strong with the big one?
1: Well, I, I have... Okay, so I I remember there's a second pretty massive headline that you and I can talk about that's a little bit of your show crossover news that we can dive into at any point today. Uh, But before we go there, I actually want to talk about a recommendation. I did this last episode. I told you guys, watch you. It's a good show, you know, whatever. Um, We finished the series. It's really great. It's different. Again, just to kind of talk about the OGs. season one of the show, you and see and emotion and the big, uh, you know, pull the carpet out from under you moment is shocking as it were. But uh, I want to suggest you guys watch this on Netflix and it's a little bit more comic book related because I finally dove into uh, and we started watching the umbrella Academy and it's really fucking cool. It's like a totally different story. It reminds me of a, thing that you and i'll probably talk about at some point off air privately because of reasons but (laughs) yeah it's just the idea is so unique of the story and the the concept is essentially in 1989 there are 43 women on earth who woke up the day normal and at the end of the day they had given birth to a child when they were previously not pregnant um This dude goes and collects as many of them as he can, essentially buying them from these people who didn't want to have a child to begin with. And uh, essentially, uh, he only gets seven of them, and that's his family. They're kind of like the X-Men. They've all got different powers and abilities and whatnot, but they're more dysfunctional than fun than you could ever imagine, and shit's just very off the rails. The show is very, very good. It's pretty. It's pretty uh, intense. Like it gives you a lot of like emotion and shocking things and craziness. And the music's a little bit overdone or whatever. But the story, which is what I always go back to, loving what they do with the story, is what hooked me on. Like I got to tell everybody about this show. Like if you get a chance, only ten episodes. It's only one season. You don't have to sit there and filter through twenty-three long-winded bullshit episodes. Ten episodes, you're done. The second season's not out yet. It's not anywhere close to being out yet. So you got time to get into it. It is one of those things where if you are a fan of comics, if you're a fan of nerd culture, they hit all the beats in ways you've not expected, and also it take on superheroes in a way that just gives you that like, oh, people can still be creative in this medium, and it's not just dudes in tights. You know, it's much bigger and 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 thought out than that, which is really cool.
0: Hell yeah, man. So,
1: Yeah, that's my recommendation, bro. Do you have any recommendations before we really dive into this one?
0: Well, uh, I just beat The Last of Us Part 2. This one, this (coughs) bad boy right here. And I will recommend both games to you, I'll recommend both games to everybody. What I will say is that it's a bit dark and bleak, um, especially Part (laughs) 2. Especially Part 2. It's a, it, it it was an emotional roller coaster. We're gonna be talking about a spoiler cast uh, on this week on Game Addicts. Mike and I are gonna to get together. Me and him have talked a little bit about the game, but we're purposely not discussing a lot of stuff. I, I've taken notes. The game brought tears to my eyes more than one time. And and um, if you're a fan of the first game, definitely give it a shot because the gameplay it's uh, it's one of those things where you know they they just improved it. In every way. Uh, it still th- fundamentally feels like, okay, This is I'm, I'm right here. This is where I belong. This is the world. But hey, you know, now, now they've added like a, a jump button. So you can kind of do a little bit of platforming. It's not as uh, platforming eccentric as like Uncharted. But I need to get over there. Sure. Let's, boom, let's try and jump over there. Or climb up a rope. That was something that wasn't in the first one. And then swing a little bit. But they also allow you to craft... Like you can craft a silencer, and that's a game changer. And all you need is a plastic bottle and some rags. <laughs> and Impressive. You, they do, she just puts it on the like on the on like her pistol, and it's like, it, you, like you get like three shots with it. You can eventually up, upgrade it to five, um, and then you know try to get those headshots. You know the stealth gameplay is probably some of the best stealth gameplays since MGS Five. Um. So that's so that's fun. I just had a tremendous time with it. My only criticism is that it's a bit long. Um. Not that you know. You know some people are like well. Length is not a problem with me. It's like I, I kind of felt like with as much as this game pulls on your emotions. Like by the time you're done with it, if you're especially if you're trying to like barrel through it and get it done fast, you're just like, gosh, I need a break. So I beat the game, I, and I loved it. I I am not ready to replay it yet. Uh, I'm just not like I, I would like to because it has a new game plus. You can start it over with all the stuff you already had, and then go go and try and find all the collectibles you didn't miss. There's even uh, one of the collectibles in the game are the state quarters, um, for when they did those. Like uh, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, of course. In the timeline, it's like 2038 or whatever. So like all those are done like in early 2000s. So it's like it, that's kind of cool. And uh, it just it. I'm, I I was emotionally exhausted after I beat it, and I'm just like, I'm not ready yet. <laughs> it's one of those things, but I definitely recommend it.
1: You're like, give me Katamari where there's no emotion involved and I can just get the fuck away and be happy.
0: I, as of right now, I, I'm not going to play anything, not yet. I know that um, Cyberpunk got delayed. Uh, our fellow co-host, Tyler McLaughlin, um, he was super mad about that. Uh, He tagged me in a post and said, now I'm angry. Now I'm pissed. And they delayed it two months uh, to about November, which is interesting because that's going to slide right into a gaming story that I have because I'm not really going to be talking about general gaming this week on Game Addiction. I'm talking about Last of Us Part 2. That's it. We're going to be talking. We'll see if we go three hours like we did with the FF7 remake, Uh, (laughs) which which we cut it off early too for that. Um, You're like, we have
1: to stop now.
0: Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. There was stuff we didn't even hit on for that. But uh, so, so they so they move Cyberpunk. Is I had pre-ordered Cyberpunk and well, it was I had it for the Xbox One X. Cool, you know, that's I need more games to play on the Xbox cuz I'm primarily a PlayStation guy. Well, but 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 now it comes out really close to the supposed PS5 launch. It's coming out for the PS4 and it's going to be re- uh, uh, backwards compatible. And then Early next year, they're going to release a patch that upgrades the game to PS5 quality. So i I have to cancel my pre order for the Xbox because I'm getting a PS5. Yep. And so I'm You're just like, gonna fuck it. It's time. So I, I so I got to get the PS4 version. But na- but I was gonna buy a game anyway when the PS5 came out. So now I'm like, uh, all right. So like, d- do I just go ahead and just pay it off for the PS4 and it's done? Or should I put that pre-order that I already had paid off that you know that that I paid off months ago and put it towards Ghost of Tsushima that comes that uh, comes out in like a few weeks? Which, dude, that game I thought it looked cool when I when like when they first showed it like went long like when they first announced it, but it wasn't until the gameplay that I'm like I have to play this game. Yeah, you know? so I think that's what I'm gonna do. <laughs> I think I'm going to get go to Tsushima, and I'm on board with that. Um, but the gaming thing that I had, Nate, you know, I was talking about PS5 launch. Yeah, you know, we you know, we talk about everything nerd here, so this is everything nerd. If you if you're a video gamer, there are pot there. There's potential leaks about PS5 price and for the accessories. Okay, and.
1: Slay me with that money, big daddy.
0: All right. So, the PS5 is launching with two different versions, a digital version and a and a disc-based version. And the rumor is the global launch will be on November 20th, which is one day after Cyberpunk comes out. Nice. Isn't that
1: also the uh, anniversary? Wouldn't that be like the 14-year anniversary of the PlayStation 3's
0: launch date, too? And th- That would be interesting if that was the exact day. I feel uh,
1: like November 20th was one of their system's launch days for sure.
0: It would be interesting. Like, damn it. <laughs> but the digital version and you the rumored price for the U.S. will be $400. Yeah, okay. And the disc-based version will be $500. Both both consoles have identical tech in them. So there's nothing like different about it other than one has a disc drive and one doesn't. Uh, which I don't know why you would want a disc drive. Because the game is backwards compatible with your PS4 games if you have a PS4 library. And 3 and 2 and
1: 1, right? It's fully backwards compatible in some form. That's not true.
0: No. Uh, so that was, that was a longstanding that was a standing rumor, and they have not announced anything to do with that. More than likely, a lot of that is uh, technical issues, uh, BIOS issues. They can, they can have backwards compatibility. They have backwards compatibility right now for the PS4, but it's on a by game basis for PS2 games that are on the store. PS3 can only be played over the internet via streaming on the PS Now. So, uh, it, if they're going to do anything with that, they're not going to announce it right now, and they're going to wait. Because, if... And I know a lot of people want that, and I do too. I mean, obviously, I'm a you know, massive game library here. But when it comes down to it, from a business pr- perspective... I don't think Sony gives two shits about whether or not they backwards compatible PS1, 2, and 3. Because right now, they have over 110 million PS4s out there. So their priority is making sure that it is PS4 backwards compatible as much as possible. Because they said at launch, it's going to be backwards compatible with at least the, the top 100 PS4 games. And that is their concern. And I can't fault them for that because Nate, you and I who want to play our PS one games on there are kind of in a minority comparatively. There's a lot of us out there who are, who are collectors who do, who do want that. But even if you look at I like the Xbox, as I just said, and my, 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 my Xbox is on down here. I don't know why uh, <laughs> I turned off a little sound indicator. So it just, if a cord touches it, it'll just be on and it'll be on for days back here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, oh, no. just just hangs out back here. So the Xbox has backwards compatibility on a per title basis for the Xbox and Xbox three sixty. I think it's over it's over five hundred something titles now, but for the original Xbox it's only like thirty to forty something. And if you have the disc, you put it in, it'll download it off the store, and it's just the disc is now your C D key um to play the game. Which is cool. And and I and I think it's a great system but it's also only used by a very small percentage of players. Most people who are playing Xbox are playing current stuff. So that, like, while while it's important for Xbox to have it and they want to appease those guys and it's easier for Xbox to do it because the Xbox architecture is a lot easier to do that with through the generations and don't act like it wasn't a challenge for them to do it, but they were able to do it. For PlayStation, the cell architecture for the PS3 is very difficult for even modern computers to emulate. Because it's really yes, because it's stupid. <laughs> it's the easiest way that I can say it. It's just silly and stupid. Have with for what they did. They essentially were trying to make a a you know, spread out the workload to you know you know, like with a cell processor, and it even made game development harder for it. Because if you watch and if you look across the years the third-party developers had to have help from Sony to help develop games for it. And a lot for a lot of times, the better version of the game was on what system? The 360. It wasn't until you... And then, of course, the Sony-made games utilized the hardware to its maximum because they knew how to develop for it. So like games like Gran Turismo, Uncharted looked great, The Last of Us looked great, you know, so on and so forth. But then it wasn't until like the, the last couple of years of the, of the console where Grand Theft Auto V and on both systems you have to have them side by side to nitpick okay so the colors are a little bit duller on the ps3 of course it only goes to 720p on that one too um but when you're playing how much of a difference is there it's very little and if you're if, if you were like on the ps3 you would never miss it because you wouldn't know it With all that being said console 400 for the digital 500 for the disc base uh the controllers are, are supposedly going to be uh, 60 which is crazy because like how much they're packing into it i kind of imagine they were going to increase the price um so yeah, all- i mean chores are 70 yeah you know that very well don't you <laughs> yeah. um but uh yeah so the controllers 60 the they're going to have a charging station and be 30 for the controllers the PS5 HD camera is going to be sixty. The Pulse 3D headset, hundred and sixty. Yeah. What? All right. All right. So one of the things. 3D headset. One of the things that that Sony is pushing with the PS5 is 3D audio. And the what they can do with 3D audio in game design to it, it, like it's done for more immersion. So if you're wearing this headset it, and you're you're basically going to be able to hear the grass rustling exactly where it's supposed to be. So hmm. interesting, but also the most expensive thing. They are also interesting. They have a media remote for 30, the 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 vertical stand for 25. And then of course, uh the other thing hmm. that they have is uh we already know this, but, but or like I guess we didn't know this, but we just assumed the Miles Morales Spider Man game will launch at
1: $40. Cool. Well, that's, I mean, that's reasonable. That's nice. You can get a system and a game, and it's in 600, probably right about 600 bones when you walk away with taxes and everything. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not the most terrible thing considering where PlayStation 3 launched November 11th, 2006. By the way, I did look that date up for you. Um, I'll tie, I'll tie it right in. You talk about Miles Morales. This is big news. We got a new gameplay trailer for the Avengers game
0: coming yes, out. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. Um,
1: did you see that? Do you have any thoughts on this game at all?
0: It's going to be interesting. Um, it's it's not being developed. It's being developed by, by a team at Square, right? I think so, yeah. 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 So it, it's got a lot of cool voice actors in it that I know and love. Uh, gameplay looks fun. mean they're gonna have a co-op. So I'm kind of in a mode where I'm re- where I'm reserving my judgment until it gets closer and I start seeing some reviews. Now, hopefully nobody gives it any zeros, but um, it looks fun. and based on that, will I get it at launch? I don't know. I kind of said the exact same thing with Spider-Man was coming out. I was hesitant to get it at launch, but I did. And I'm glad I did because it was a, it was a fantastic game. So, Yeah, to me, the Avengers
1: game looks uh, pretty cool. I mean, stunning, really. It looks stunning. Um, I like the concept that we're getting an original narrative that's not like trying to piggyback off of any specific MCU moment or st- story yeah it's kind of setting its own universe in motion here the the idea that you're Kamala Khan and you get to kind of play as her character in a, in a leading role of the story is seemingly cool the fact that you'll play as all the Avengers at some point is really nifty uh I, I am intrigued to see what they do to though, I'm going to reserve my judgment I mean I didn't buy Spider-Man at launch I waited and got it for like 40 bucks around Christmas time And, uh, you know, happy to got it, you know. Uh, But I'm pissed that a hype when everybody else was talking about the game and beating the game and being a part of that whole moment. And I want to feel that again with nerdy video game stuff. So I think the others, if it keeps on track and looks as good as it seems to be, will be something that's a a must pick up when we uh, get to the launch time.
0: Uh, which is later
1: this year, right? Like towards the end of this year, like sep- It's September fourth, I think,
0: is the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it got moved from May. So it got moved from May back when everything was getting moved. <laughs> All the games got moved. Uh, Last of Us got moved. Avengers got. Cyberpunk got moved. It was like three days where it was like, stop, stop moving my games. I'm not gonna have
1: anything to play in the summer. Ah.
0: Yeah, no, it like, but no, but it worked out. I'm looking forward to seeing, uh, you know, the final, the, you know, the, you know, like the final decision on that because, I, as you said, I'm really excited to see that these developers are crafting a brand new story, just like, uh, just like uh, Insomniac did with, um, you know, with Spider Man, you know, they kind of took the best of you know, like cool comic book stories and the movies, and you know. all all that kind of different stuff. If you want to like, like they took inspiration from like uh, Spider-Man two with, with their version of Doc Ock, you know, and and went forward with that. But uh, at, at the end, they kind of did what is being considered to be like the Arkham treatment where like you, you have this big, vast background of characters, stories to pull from, and you can kind of mold it into their own custom little verse
1: it's almost as if back on Nerds of the Round Table One, Journey into Comics Forty, when I suggested they make a Spider Man game in the vein of Arkham, somebody was fucking listening and actually <laughs> got on it. And here we are. We've got it. It was it's great. Uh, No, I I really, I did love that game and you're right. It does have the kind of its own Arkham feel. It's the closest to feeling like you're playing Spider-Man. I think any game has ever captured Mm -hmm. as well as having a a certain way to utilize and tell stories with different level villains, you know, utilizing Taskmaster and the DLC utilizing Spall, uh, all these different things like very well put together and that's what my hope is for this Avengers game is that it's really thought out and you know sure you play as Thor for a couple things but maybe we get one specific level where you you are you know things that can tie in to really create a deeper lore overall for the universe because that's what we need is the the lore to be amped
0: up to 11. As I said I just really like the that the whole concept of making a verse. I know there were some people who are disappointed that this Avengers game is not directly tied into the Spider-Man game and that, and that the, well, right. But let, but that the companies didn't, didn't come to an agreement on like, Hey, let's make like a video game version of the MCU. And uh, as of right now, it's not Uh, both developers have said, you know what? That, That would be cool, but no, they have the rights to make their game. We have the rights to make our game. And, uh, as far as that goes, that's about as far as it goes, but maybe who knows, maybe we'll see that down the line.
1: I mean, in this day and age, I think anything's possible. We could see really anything happen in nerd culture, Brando. And that really just drives home into the main topic of today, which is what we're most excited about. Mm-hmm. Anything is possible. And I mean, anything is possible. Holy shit. 30 years later, michael keaton is batman again you want to get nuts
0: you want to get nuts <laughs> come on let's, let's get, get nuts.
1: nuts it's also very weird that we put that on our intro and now he's batman again i'm just saying do we summon him do we summon him <laughs> i don't back? know
0: i don't know but no uh, you know the for a long time a long time there's been a call that when Pattinson was getting, you know, rumored to be the next Batman, they're like, they need to bring back Michael Keaton, and Pattinson needs to be uh, a Terry McGinnis, and they need to do a Batman Beyond movie. And I'm like, that'd be cool. I'm not sure how that would tie into the Burton verse, but cool, All right? Whatever. But I'm really digging how they're doing this. The the whole rumored that they're that they're just diving right in and accepting this whole multiverse thing with DC, where essentially depending on how stuff go with HBO, because apparently HBO Max wants to do a standalone movie with Batfleck and uh, Joker from Suicide Squad uh, to kind of get that. And who knows if we get that, but I'm on board with that. Cause you know what? That gives us more and more diversity and more different stories where it's like, you know, that's a, that's an advantage that they could have over what Marvel's doing, where Marvel's putting together one single narrative thread in over time. You know, the DC, you're like, well, you know, we got the Snyder-type verse, and then we got uh, we got this over here that has branched over here. We got we got the Pattinson Batman, and it's all kind of happening at the same time. Uh, it may not make sense. Well, I mean,
1: sense. that's what the comics do, Yes, bro. exactly,
0: and that, that's what I think is really cool because you're branching that into this different kind of medium where it can work because ultimately, as nerds, what do we want? We want more, And we don't want to wait. So essentially, what we get is the ability to get more and wait less
1: all all at the same time. Yeah, because they can have multiple projects going out where we've got this Batman. We've got this story. We're telling this Batman that's on the TV verse. You know, the really cool thing is automatically, without even trying, Eighty-nine Batman is one hundred percent canonized with Ezra Miller's Flash, mm-hmm. with Grant Gustin's Flash. It's all the same thing. And in a really weird, bizarre fell swoop, and I'm sorry to say this, one of my favorite Batman movies of all time is no longer canon. Batman Forever just does not fucking exist. <laughs> and it's been a real rough week for the Schumacher family.
0: Let <laughs> me tell you. <ya. laughs> well, it's what <when>, what. <laughs> 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 All right, so what really cracked me up, unfortunately, you know, and and, and our thoughts go out to the shoe uh, to the you know to the Joel Schumacher family. Absolutely, uh, you know, we're, we're not making you know light here of like like of his passing. He you know he made some really cool films, you know, even Batman and Robin was kind of cool. Again, no zeros, no zeros here. Like that movie's terrible, but it's so much fun. Uh, um, but when Michael Keaton left. Essentially, when Burton was ousted uh, as as director, he was not enthused about doing another one because he wasn't really that enthused about doing returns. Yeah, he hadn't done a sequel before, and uh, his character took a backseat. And he goes, "Okay, what new am I bringing to the character itself?" Right, and that and that's the thing that drives him to do movies and do characters it's like what new can i bring to the character and at that point in time in his career he was like if i don't want to do something i'm not going to do it <laughs> you know even if the fans are like please michael do it he goes i'm gonna go make this movie over here where i'm playing four different versions of myself with clones <laughs> and, and and he did that so he exits uh, <laughs> so, multiplicity
1: calling multiplicity calling
0: yeah multiplicity yeah sorry you kind of froze and i heard you going of course and then your face was like (laughs) i mean you just didn't move (laughs) like what is he he's a ventriloquist now yeah guys again we're having some internet issues here uh but so joel schumacher exits stage left (laughs)
1: <laughs> Michael quite King, literally.
0: Quite li- Joel Schumacher came in and Michael Kent's like, I'm out, guys. I'm not playing Batman anymore. Joel Schumacher dies and literally elected the next day. All right, guys, I'm back. <laughs> He's like, well, I guess things settle that. That's fine. Well, and I wanted to also be uh, to just be really, really square with everybody. We don't know if this is legit. As of right now, this is still just kind of like rumors in the mill, we haven't heard uh Keaton come out and say, "Yep, I'm Batman again." We haven't heard the director or lack of thereof, or any guy or whoever Ezra. In- Nobody you, has no,
1: officially said it. No,
0: this is just you know, a, a, there's a lot of different stories. A lot of people backing the story up, saying that he is in deep, serious talks to reprise the role of Bruce Wayne for f- this Flashpoint story, and in fact, they could end up. I even heard somebody, and again, I, I don't know if this is an actual true statement for what they're planning, or if this is just somebody just kind of riffing. But sure. but this version of Bruce Wayne could end up being like the Nick Fury for them, where he's like kind of like the like the planner and the person that's like holding down the ground base and basically basically the leader behind the leader, right? Because he's older, and so I think that'd be awesome. Because how cool would it be, could Chris, like you know, here's his old season Bruce Wayne. He's you know. He, I'm not Batman anymore. I'm too old. I can't do this stuff. And then all the young guys get to do stuff. And what do we get right at the very end? Michael Keaton suiting up one last time because they need him. So he's, there he is in his suit. And then we well, get the and moment. And they've
1: said, we will get him in the suit, according to all, all these rumors that are flying around. And, and you know, the thing is, is that the THR site, the Hollywood Reporter, I think is what that site is. Mm-hmm. Usually when they break these kind of stories of major people returning and whatnot, They're pretty dead on. They don't typically bullshit. It's not like, unfortunately, a site that I dog all the time, we got this covered that just create these absolutely redonkulous bullshit, you know, clickbait titled fucking articles that you read and it's all this conjecture of what they think is going to happen including one singular line of text that's been taken out of complete context for them to support their thought. Mm-hmm. And I don't like that, but I like when, you know, it's like they, I, th- I think THR actually the Hollywood reporter is the first people that broke the patents in story that he was r- going to be coming Batman. And we were all like, ah, come on, really? And then like uh, things ramped up in the f- coming days and then <clears throat> Here we are. We knew that it was real. Pat uh, Pat Pat Fleck, or whatever you want to call him, Pat Fleck. Um, (laughs) Pat Pat Fleck.
0: (laughs) I like I like how you merged him and and Ben Affleck together. Pat Fleck. Uh, (laughs) That might be the episode title. Oh, yeah. No. Okay. So like we so we have. Again, you know, not 100 percent confirmed, but when you, but when you have all the different you know, all these different sources saying yes, you know, everything points all lead, all roads are leading to Rome right now with, with 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 Michael Keaton getting back on board with Bruce Wayne, which I mean, it, it's as I said, it's really super cool because we we are now living a world where the DC multiverse exists within the TV shows, within the movies and within different series across the different platforms so we could get multiple different Batman we, at, at some point in the near future we could have Pattinson Batfleck and Keaton all playing the role in different stories that that that, that, that we could be getting throughout a year and it's like completely different because and if there's
1: there, one more name that can be added to that list too because Jeffrey Dean Morgan's name is still being in talks to come up to play Thomas Wayne mm-hmm. in Flashpoint and still have some role. Yeah, So we might get a totally different realized version of Flashpoint. And, and maybe my opinion is maybe they're going to take from the button a little bit and maybe make that a little bit more of the story in a way to kind of bridge those worlds and bring old Batman and new Batman together and make it all make sense. But uh, listen, I said years ago when The Flash was on, oh, they need to just bridge their DC TV universe and their movies and make it all make sense. They can do that because the multiverse. They finally have caught on to fans like me and others saying exactly that, and we're getting this. And my hope is, is that they don't put out so much content that we can't keep up with it yeah because putting out content for us to keep up with is is one thing but when it's like okay well this year i now have 47 superhero movies to fucking watch thank you five movies from marvel and 36 from dc i know my math is off i I don't care you know (laughs) like it's just it, it could be a lot but alternately if they know how to utilize their space and can make it to where we don't feel over encumbered with the superhero stuff. I'm all on board for what they're planning. It seems to be like a really cool, um, brave step.
0: It is very brave. I, yeah, I agree with you. It it is very brave because, you know, we, you know, we've talked about on the show before, like not everything that DC does knocks it out of the park. And a lot of that has to do with just lack of foresight or, or, or like what happened with justice league with a lot of, meddling we we we've seen how too much uh meddling can hurt a film look at fantastic four look at spider-man 3 you know look at look at literally batman and robin you know that movie was not supposed to be that but it was forced to film very quickly because of toys it became a cash it, cow. Make money. it became a it became more about a cash cow and and like a commercial for toys than it was about telling cool Batman stories in a movie, and and it shows because eventually Joel Schumacher gave up and just said "Have fun, guys," and that's what we got. You know, and that's one reason why, you know, George Clooney, who was at the time still pretty early in his film career, but you know, a big name already, has gone down as not being the very best Batman because he didn't really have the best direction because the whole movie didn't have really good direction and that's not a that's not I a didn't dick have the Joel.
1: pedigree as an actor.
0: Well, it, yeah. well, I mean, you, you, as as a director, Joel was being pressured to put out a movie very fast. So, and then you, you as, as an actor, you don't have a lot of time to dissect and put together. Also, he's stepping into a role where the story is nowhere near about him. And he doesn't have a lot of room to put himself into it. You know, he has apologized uh, at like con saying, guys, I'm sorry that I ruined that. Like, no, 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 no. George, I personally, Brando wants to tell you, you didn't ruin that movie.
1: No, the acting, the actors, the story is what it is. It's something that I, I remember from my childhood fondly. And honestly, one of the best things about Batman and Robin is the soundtrack god it's got a banging ass soundtrack it's like one of the it's got that smashing pumpkin song the beginning is the end is the beginning or the beginning is the end is the beginning or whatever the fuck it is the i might have said the same thing twice i don't know just then but uh it had some it had some great tracks man and uh that that movie was fun but It was what it was, which was a a drive. People like us when we were kids. Oh, another Batman. Got to go see it. Mm -hmm. It'll be great. Whatever it is, it wasn't. I mean, it wasn't. It was what it was. You know, but like to say the thing about Clooney, his acting pedigree was good. He didn't have the acting chops or the pedigree to just step in and say, this is how I'm going to make this character more and bigger, even when the script is maybe shit or even when things are off the rails because he hadn't had as much exposure. Sure, TV is one thing. General Hospital is one thing and all that. The few movies he had done leading into his role in Batman, though, were not enough to give him the confidence to say, okay, I'm going to grab Bruce Wayne by the balls and be the character and be the Batman and do it in such a way that's going to make everyone proud. He just didn't know that he even could do that. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying?
0: Well, I mean, it, it definitely by the, by the point later on in his career where he could do that. Of course, now it's way too late, but like, I feel like if, you know, similar story, like, if you, like if let's pretend they're like, they're not bringing Michael Keaton back and they make us make an announcement. George Clooney's coming back. I would actually be kind of excited to see what he would do because a George Clooney now playing an old Bruce Wayne would be very interesting to see what his take on that would be. You know what I mean?
1: Absolutely but uh it, and it, it would actually be funny though if like everybody's like oh my god michael keaton's coming back and they put him in flashpoint and it's like one thing everyone's super excited and they're like guess what guys george clooney's coming back and we're like wait what and then they're like but guess what guys it's for batman beyond and then we're like wait what, like, what? <laughs> how is that gonna work this is crazy what killed the dinosaurs fucking this script i'm confused
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know uh I actually do consider, for myself and my own canonhood, if that's such a, such a way to say it.
1: Good canonhood.
0: Good word. Canonhood. That is now in the JIC dictionary. <laughs> for terminology that we use, canonhood. When you look at the, those Batman movies, I almost consider, even though they share actors, the first two movies being a Burton-verse and the last two being the Schumacher-verse. Because even though they change actors, the, there's a pitiful tone change in between the first two and the last two. You know, Forever is almost kind of like one step forward into it while still having kind of one step back, but not quite too Burton-y. And then they pretty much abandon all of that and go full hog into ridiculousness. And like, super- hey, let's look
1: at 66 Batman for inspiration and go there.
0: Well, and, and just the overall... <laughs> the architecture changed uh, even from like one to two or, you know, one, uh, 89 and returns, but then r- ridiculously changed in between return and forever. And then went off the deep end from forever to like, we, we they have a road where like they have statues holding buildings, you know, like the observatory. It's like they, that, that is absolutely ridiculous. And who thought of this? Like, it, Gotham City Gotham City should not have a money problem because they put way too much money into their architecture
1: <laughs> yeah
0: that's their
1: problem is all their money goes to architecture they got bums now they can't afford to live in their architecture. <laughs> like
0: housing's too this much is
1: fancy housing costs too much I built this house I can't afford to live in it shit yeah um, I don't know man uh I will say one thing about the Joel Schumacher situation is like. Uh he did have an early eye for doing Easter eggs and stuff. You look at uh, Batman or Robin, and there are some really clever, well done mm-hmm. plotting of Easter eggs and trying to put names of characters that may or may not feature down the road into the universe, um, which kind of paves the groundwork, you know, to, and to really just to bring it back home to the Marvel stuff, weirdly enough. Uh, Infinity War was just recently added to Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. And with that, there are some extras. And one of the extras I do recommend everybody go and watch because it's very insightful and it was really well done is a director's roundtable. It features the Russo brothers. It features uh, James Gunn, uh, Peyton Reed, the guy who did the Ant-Man movies. It features Joss Whedon and uh, Favreau. And they're all around table and like Tyka makes an appearance on a laptop or whatever iPad thing they bring him out for a couple minutes. But they're t- talking about the bigger scope of movies, you know, and taking one concept that was very little Iron Man and making like James Gunn said it best to, to quickly encapsulate never in DC's history. Did they go in our 40 year movie history. We're going to start it at 66. Batman make a fucking bunch of crazy decisions along the way and wind up in the multiverse where it all works out. Anyways, that was always our plan. And that's kind of what they said with Marvel. There was never a long, long term plan. The only person that was technically long term planning was Kevin Feige, who was just like the thread of the one person intertwined in all these movies going, Oh, well you could totally add this here. That would be cool. And yes, I'm going to let that happen. And this is going to be here and whatnot. You know, but to say that they planned everything out is, I mean that that whole interview with that round table is worth the watch because it's very insightful. Is what I'm trying to mm-hmm. get my words to spew out of my face about. <sighs> words spewing out of faces.
0: Ah! <laughs> oh. It was like uh, a, there was like a there's like a Mitch Hedberg joke, and this is ma- okay. Maybe we'll end on this because I don't know how like how many more news stories you have. Um, Not really any. Okay, so it's like you, you know, you it's, it's, it's word spewing out of faces. He goes, goes, sometimes I like to hold my microphone like this, and he he held it up like this. Goes and then I like to let it go and have a whole bunch of jokes come out at once. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like goes, like goes. <laughs>
0: Oh, that's one <laughs>
1: man. He was the man. man.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, I watched a stand-up bit with this. I, I don't even remember his name. I, I I'm gonna have to look it up again because uh, I showed it to my wife and and uh, and and she shared it with well, this dude was talking about how he's sick of support animals on planes. Sure, he goes because now people are just bringing animals. <laughs> He's like, I was on a plane and there was a support parrot. <laughs> like, let me, re- let me, like, I'll repeat that. It, it was a loose bird on this plane. <laughs> and he goes, and we're sitting there and we take off and the birds know what it feels like to fly. And this bird knew it was flying, but its body wasn't doing the flying and it lost its damn mind. <laughs> it was going. For five hours. <laughs> oh, no. Which correlates into what's going on? <laughs> Somebody help me. <laughs> and, yeah, he did another thing where, like, he said he did acid with a bunch of his friends and uh, they decided to watch American Werewolf in London. And
1: it sounds like a mistake. <laughs> yeah, well,
0: like, one of his friends is like, concert- he's convinced he's turning into a werewolf. So he's like, i got to take my Nikes off, man. My grandma bought them for me. And we're like, dude, what if we're all turning into werewolves? So they all just start stripping off their clothes. They don't want them to rip. And they're like, oh, no. They're freaking out. And he called 911. He's like, uh, uh, ma'am, I just, I'm just going to be frank. Me and my friends are on a lot of drugs. And we're all getting ready to turn into werewolves right now. And without missing a beat, the lady said, but honey, it's not even a full moon. <laughs> He's like, that lady's a saint. She should get a medal. Because <laughs> instantly I wasn't worried. I'm like, don't worry, guys. We're going to be fine. <laughs> Put your kicks away. Put your clothes back on. <laughs> oh, it's time for things to get back to normal. Oh, this guy was hilarious. But you know what, Nate? It's been good sitting here with you again this week to talk about some cool stuff. Michael Keaton coming back to 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 play Batman again or play Bruce Wayne, however they're going to do it, mit, the fitting into Flashpoint, it's awesome because it could be a really cool bookend, letting him come back to play that character one more time, to add something new to it. You know, uh, where where he is now as an actor versus where he was then. Well, what is his take going to be for this story? And, and I'm very interested to see.
1: And like Star Wars, could we see moments that we never got in the Keaton verse? filled in and flashbacks via CGI. That would be
0: cool because that's such that is so doable. You know, uh, because him
1: fighting that old versions riddler mm-hmm. that versions two face maybe Billy D Williams as reprising the role will, will, Well, well, well.
0: Could be really cool. Mr. Wayne. <laughs> uh, oh, but also uh um, I believe his name was Michael Go. Uh he he played Alfred. Of course he's been he's been passed for a long time. You could do a neat little cameo with him a digitized version of him that would be so cool.
1: Yeah, like you know. Grand Moff Tarkin. Mm-hmm. How Peter cool would Cushing that be?
0: Style. Like a little cameo yes. from old from from old Alfred. Message
1: for you, son.
0: And it's like <laughs> There's that scene in Returns where he gives him the soup. <clears throat> it's cold. <laughs> and then he tells him what the soup is. He just stares at him and goes, "It's supposed to be cold." Oh, <laughs> and he starts Oh <laughs> uh, Anyway. You know, it's been good to sit here with you this week on episode three hundred two of JIC, and oh, yeah. uh, you know, unfortunately, there's not a lot of real big news coming at uh, coming at us right now. Next week, we'll be uh, we'll be in your house, and we'll be talking about Negan lives. I'm super excited to read that and check that out before we record next week's Hopefully episode. My
1: order gets here before that time, so we can nerd out about the shit that I ordered.
0: Hell yeah, man! Absolutely, absolutely. It's gonna be a cool I
1: got the uh, the hardcover. Here comes Negan. As well as uh, uh, Negan lives, you know, issue one, as well as the first two uh, issues of the Image Plus magazine, where Negan mm. lives or where Negan, here comes Negan originated, is what I'm trying.
0: Cool, to say. that's cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, dude, it's gonna be cool to get up there and see you again and get to hang out because we, especially since you we know, we don't normally get to co- to podcast in person too much. But especially since all this COVID nineteen stuff has been happening, it's been even less and it put in a you know, yeah, episode three hundred was supposed was supposed to be live at LoffiCon and well that that didn't happen, so we had to call an Audible and make a make something different happen, and here we are, you know. We made it sort of live. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I see what you did there. And we have been sort of live, brought to you by the Power of the Journey to Comics Network. We didn't say that at the top of the show. Uh Actually, no, we did. It's in the intro now. It's in the intro. It's always in the it, intro. It, yeah, you don't even have to say it. It's, you said you did say it. You just
1: I said it. A lo- I, I said it a couple weeks it. ago and don't have to say it again.
0: But Oh, fair enough. Nate, why don't you bring us home with some nice and pretty plugs. As
1: always, folks, you can check out the Journey into Comics podcast right here at journeyintocomics.com. Get us on the Journey into Comics network on all the different podcasting platforms whether it's Apple Music, Spotify, Castbox, TuneIn, Podbean, Stitcher Radio, and many others, just search Journey into Comics Network, where you can get one feed of amazing people making crazy content for you folks as often as we can. Now, Brando, I don't think there's anything else we need to add before we get out of here, do we, my friend?
0: I don't think so, my friend. It's been good hanging out with you here today. And uh I I I think that's gonna do it for me here as well. So why don't you take us home? Awesome.
1: Well, this has been Journey into Comics 302 Pat Flex Cannon Hood. I've been Nate. (laughs) I've been
0: Brando. (laughs) And as always, (laughs) pop your caps back and fill your brains with shit. Later, guys. Later on.